Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Rad Habits Podcast. I'm George Krasaniak, and I'm damn glad to be here. Today, I'm going to delve into a bad habit of mine. We're going to talk about what might be at the root cause of some of our behavior. And it's going to get a little ugly through part of it. I apologize ahead of time, and I warn you right now, I'm gonna cuss. That's not a bad habit of mine that I'm concerned about. I've been cussing probably since the day I could talk. If you are completely averse to hearing naughty words come out of a grown man's mouth, you're listening to the wrong fucking podcast. Anyways, it's not cuss words that I want to talk about, though. It's another word I want to discuss. It's a term that in the last four years I have heard abused and misused more than any other I could think of. And I want to dissect it today so that we can all understand it a little better. I want to understand when the term is being used to manipulate us, and so we can understand when this thing is really taking place within us, and we're manipulating ourselves. Now this term is triggered, and I'm sure you've heard it, as we've in the last few years been so fucking eager to spout off and complain about other people's complaints as if they are an assault upon everything we stand for. So please note that if you're the kind of person who heard me say the word triggered just now, and it started your blood boiling over how sensitive the people that use this term are, um, you can go eat a bag of dicks. I'm trying to teach you something here. I'm trying to teach you so you can understand yourself and the world around you and we can all get better. So please, as you munch upon these bag dicks, bear with me, you're going to learn something. Understand first that recent years in certain echo chambers of certain portions of media you may surround yourself with might have you believe that your beloved and rugged America is being overrun by people referred to as snowflakes and that... Somehow, your values are under attack by the people claiming they've either been triggered or are so susceptible to being triggered that these people demand everyone and every institution conform to their standards of what can and can't be said. No, that idea is complete bullshit. This is an obfuscation by people who want to close off real discourse. There's people out there suggesting to you that everyone on the other side of your ideologies just wants to shout you down and force you to cave to their every demand because they're total crybabies. You're being spoon-fed out-of-context images and sound bites to shape that narrative. And you're being spoon-fed that kind of shit so that you nestle further into that warm embrace of all this status quo, everything familiar, and of those people who tell you that only they have your interest at heart, and only they will tell you the truth while the entire rest of the world tries to take something from you. What a terrible, cowardly existence that must be. I feel the very concept of obscuring the term triggered is all part of a larger victim-blaming narrative we've got going right now that we don't even have time for. America, we are better than this. It's bullshit, and we should be rising above it. What you've been told triggered means isn't what triggered is. And it's ridiculous that I should even have to preface 
the term with all this bullshit, but I understand. In the grand scheme of human history, media, especially in the form we see today, is a brand new concept, and we're still figuring out how to digest it. Anyways, anyways, we can discuss how to tell when you're being manipulated in another episode. Let's get back to the concept at hand. Let me explain what triggered really means. To put it plainly, the circumstances of your past have programmed your brain, and it affects your behavior now. Let me start with an anecdote here. Sometimes I've yelled at my kids. It's not something I'm proud of. Honestly, I think we've achieved a higher plane of existence by now, and we as a civilization shouldn't have to use fear and intimidation to convince people to do things, especially, as is often the case with communicating with one's own children, when what we're trying to convince the other party of is in their own best interest. When I yell at my kids, it immediately strikes me that it's probably the least effective way to get my point across or convince them of anything. It very rarely, if ever, has worked in any capacity as far as creating any permanent positive change in their behavior. And after I've yelled at my kids, both my kids and I feel worse than before it even escalated to that point. So feeling shitty about having yelled at my son, probably over something trivial, I took a little time to really dissect what had happened and how it's related to other times that's happened, and soon I realized that these are not just cases of my anger getting the best of me. That's definitely part of it. And if you, probably like any other human being in all of human history, has at times let their anger get the best of them, you know that you don't feel any better after it. I realized that my mind was taking this input of certain very specific cues and things it recognized from another part of my life, and then my brain was running the program it was wired to run, whether that program was what I really wanted or not. And I admit that I still struggle to overcome this programming because I know that I don't really want to be a dick to my kids. But in the last week, I have not yelled or raised my voice to my kids in the slightest, and the positive results are already astonishing me. All of a sudden, my kids are being great kids, and the whole family is happy, and I'm faced with this realization that my kids were great all along, even when they're at their worst. And I'm the asshole who is escalating things around here. So to change and be a better parent, I had to realize the cues my brain was picking up on and finally understand that I was running this kind of autopilot on these occasions. That's what being triggered really is. Your brain needs to run as many of its tasks automatically as it can so that it's not overwhelmed. And so when we feed our brain a bunch of patterns that it will start to recognize and then say, when these patterns present themselves, that's your cue to act like this, our brain is naturally going to execute that programming whenever we continue to feed it those patterns. Now, I've always had it good. My childhood wasn't bad. I never experienced any major trauma. So my complaint that, oh, I'm trying to get over yelling at my kids, this is a small thing when put in context next to people who have experienced legitimate traumatizing things. And you can understand that people who have experienced these extremely traumatizing things 
can be set off by cues in their environment that trigger intense feelings and behaviors. And it happens before these people even understand what's happening to them. And it can really damage people. So be mindful of what other people may be experiencing and what triggered might mean to other people, please. But on some level, being triggered happens to everyone in some capacity and it happens all the time and you react to being triggered without even realizing it and it affects the creation and reinforcement of your personal habits. For me, one of the cues that sends me down this path towards yelling at my children was sniveling and whining, but not the natural sniveling and whining that comes with being hurt or genuinely sad. It's the melodramatic scene crying that my kids do and all kids do it because they're still learning and they're experimenting with how to communicate their needs and emotions. I found the only time I yelled at my kids was when our communication had already broken down to this point where they're upset because they aren't getting their way or they're being made to do something that they don't want to do like go to bed or take a bath and they react by making their discontent shown. And the only way they know how to do that successfully is with this loud, dramatic crying. This was something I did as a child when I was discontent too. I imagine most children do this. It's part of that experimenting with communication. Now my parents never abused me or beat me up, but they were young parents. And all they knew of parenting was to mimic the ways that they'd been parented, which meant making your children fear your reprisal to the point that they do what you want them to do. But of course, it's natural for kids to want to do something different. Experimenting with doing what's averse to their parents' wishes is a built-in survival mechanism. That's there for when children are going to be without their parents. You want your kids to have autonomy because eventually they're going to have to function on their own. So, they're going to rebel, or they're going to see things differently at times, and it's natural that they're going to push back against you with their own little agendas at times. That's natural. And it's understandable that this can be upsetting to you. My parents, most often my mom, reacted to my displays of discontent and rebellion with fury. And that's just how she got a lot of shit done in her life, so I don't blame her for expanding those tactics onto me. When she was challenged, she always reacted by escalating to anger and yelling. With strangers, it was insults and threats. With me, it was punishment. I know now that so much of that wasn't about trying to teach young me that there's consequences to my actions though. A lot of it was just that she was angry and had no other mechanism for what to do with her emotions. So probably, like most of you, I got the belt and the wooden spoon, and if I fought it, it was worse. And in my mind, to this day, I can still see my mom flying the fuck off the handle. And that is imprinted so clearly on my mind, because that's inside me now, and that's part of who I am. And so... I did, as a byproduct, learn that there's consequences to my actions, that the consequence was physical punishment and intimidation by yelling. So naturally, it wasn't long before I realized that neither of those things were permanent or even that bad. So like a lot of kids, I just learned 
to not get caught doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And that's what a lot of kids do. All the research shows that kids who are disciplined through pain and intimidation generally become more and more withdrawn from their parents and they don't communicate as openly or commonly with their parents. And then, surprise, surprise, those kids are more aggressive in their own communications with others and they're bad at problem solving. I think it's because they think problems are solved through fear of reprisal. That was me to a T as a child, and I was a shithead little kid. Then, it wasn't until I was almost a teenager that I realized not all households are run like this. Now let me reiterate, I had good parents. The yelling and spanking, that wasn't constant. It wasn't all that common of a thing. It's just how I was handled sometimes. I had friends, though, whose parents seemed only to communicate by yelling and threatening. And I had a couple friends whose parents even yelled at me and all the other friends like we were their kids and we were in trouble just for being around. And I have to tell you, those friends of mine with parents like that, they didn't turn out so well. I understand now how being triggered works and I still feel like an ass forever having raised my voice to my kids because anger is definitely a part of that process, but I know that my brain is programmed from my childhood experience to think that when the crying starts, it's time for me to start yelling. I don't want to yell at my kids. I don't want to hit my kids or spank them. And if you do, and you're certain that's the optimal way to parent, now I don't want to tell anyone how to live their life here, but I think it's pretty fucked up that we are so eager to train children to do what they're told by anyone bigger and stronger and more willing to visit violence upon them. As Jack London put it, that's the law of the wild. Exploit the weak, obey the strong. But I think if you take a step back and you look at American society as a whole right now, we're starting to see the problems with trying to apply the law of the wild to a civilized society. Because now it seems to me we've got all these adults in a contest to show just how well they can exploit people who are weaker than them and more vulnerable, and then just how well they obey the powerful to the point where they cheer and support the authority that murders the civilian, or we give all this respect and authority to people who have shown themselves to be predator. We're even eager to vote those motherfuckers into office or look the other way when those people are up to the shadiest shit, and maybe it's unrelated, but maybe, don't you think there's a chance that we've been conditioned by that kind of upbringing that we've learned to behave out of fear of violence and angry reprisal so that when we see others using some power over someone who's vulnerable, our mind is recognizing those things as cues and it's just running this program that says all this shit is as it should be. I don't think I want that program of fear running in the minds of my kid, and I no longer want to contribute to someday triggering them into a sequence of complacency like that in the presence of people using strength and fear and power to impose their will upon people. And I sure as fuck don't want them treating other people that way. Now, if that makes me a pussy because I don't hit my kids and because I'm trying to train myself not to use yelling to intimidate them, please understand that I fucking love Violence. I think violence is in our DNA, left over from the hardest parts of history mankind has ever survived. But I'm fucking civilized now, motherfucker, and I feel like violence is to be metered out between mutual combatants. If two parties are convinced that they're equals, 
and that proving themselves through violence to see who's the better of them is for some reason desired or it's necessary, then I'm your fucking Huckleberry. But if one party feels it necessary to visit violence upon people unsuspecting, unable, or unwilling to meet them in mutual combat, then it's just fucked up, okay? And if it's children, or those far weaker than you, people who can't defend themselves, who have no recourse for the violence and torment you visit upon them, I hope justice to be visited upon you swiftly. And if I'm the one there to witness this happening, I'll be happy to be justice, you sons of bitches. But no, I also understand that you may be acting as you do because mental cues have triggered your reaction. And I know you may not understand that's what's happening in your brain at the time. But as we all start to realize this, that we are perhaps too often complacent when we see something terrible being done to someone because of that conditioning and because actions trigger us right into complacency, we can learn to recognize what's happening within us and overcome it and start to stand up for the most vulnerable people in our society. So now, let's switch gears and get back to the topic at hand. Imagine someone who has experienced a severely traumatic circumstance, like someone who's been the victim of some heinous crime or who's been in intense combat or has been in a severe accident. For them, there may have been a mental state that either got them through it or that they compartmentalized enough during the event to endure it or that they had to shed to move on with their life. Knowing what you know now, that the brain runs these automatic sequences when the cues in the environment say, okay brain, execute this program now, you can see how exposure to certain sets of cues can trigger that person right back to that mindset. And that can be terrifying or dangerous for that person or can keep that person from being able to function right until they come out of it. That's what being triggered means in reference to the phrase trigger warning. So yes, I think it's okay if a college professor wants to add a disclaimer to the beginning of a video they're about to play for a class, if it's a video depicting the same traumatic experiences that some of their students may have been subjected to in their own lives. If you had a friend come over after they'd been severely wounded in war, you might give them the heads up that you're about to turn on Saving Private Ryan. If instead, you just had that person over and then put on a bloody scene from Private Ryan and then said, hey, you should watch this because I'm showing it and if you don't like it, you're a crybaby snowflake. That doesn't make you braver or tougher than people on the other side. That makes you an asshole. So yes, I try to be a little more aware of the situations I put people I'm with into. And I try not to say and do shit. And now that I'm older and I understand this world a little more, I try not to say and do shit that I know will start automatic unwanted processes to run in the minds of the people around me. I'm trying to better recognize the difference between acting in a way that I know is right and a way that I've just set up my programming over the years to run tasks automatically. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to be a little more conscious of what's going on in your head and in the heads of people around you and to be a little bit more considerate of the fact that you don't know what the fuck has gone on in anyone else's life. That's all I've got. 
I know I got into some touchy places there and I got some of my opinions out on the table. For the love of God, don't lump me in with any group and say, all these people think this. These are my opinions. If you want to say anything about my opinions, let's have this honest, open discourse about them. If you have conviction and logic, come change my mind. To those of you who've been directed here just to disagree with me based on these opinions, I hope you enjoyed your delicious bag of dicks this episode. To the Rad Habits community, know I love you. I welcome all of your opinions, no matter how averse to mine they may be. And I want you to get crazy joy from being here, because joy and craziness in a sea of mundane unhappiness is radical as fuck. Thank you so much. Hit me up on Twitter. It's at RadHabitsCast. Email RadHabitsPodcast at gmail.com. For now, I'm George Krasaniak. I'm out. Peace. See you later.